0: G'day, listeners. G'day, Coxie. That was enthusiastic. Time for Romper Room.
1: (laughs) Why did the river have trouble remembering things, Warwick? You should know the answer to this one.
0: I'm going to pretend I don't know.
1: It was because it was becoming senile.
0: Oh, Given that I've just had a birthday.
1: If I was not quite so close to your age, I dare say I wouldn't try, but I'm <laughs> nipping at your heels.
0: And forever will be, mm-hmm. fortunately for mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, birthdays just don't hold the same level of excitement for me anymore.
1: No, they become less exciting the older you get. Remember the the thrill of waking up on your birthday morning when you were finally old enough to really grasp the concept of today being all about you. And then there's that strange year or two. I think it's like uh, maybe 1920. they're kind of nothing years. We you stop. you've stopped, you're not a child anymore. And suddenly you realize that it's not actually about the presence anymore. It's, it is just about feeling special on your day. Mm-hmm. So you have another couple of years of that feeling good. And then you turn 21 and I reckon it's all downhill from there.
0: Yeah, yeah. It just gets a bit. <laughs> I'm I don't know. Depressed after you just language all that. Sorry. It's like I want to go back to like twenty four or thirty two or something where it was like it was the festival of was.
1: This is a brand new concept for you, and you were running hard with the whole festival of Warwick thing. I, I
0: don't think it's. I don't think it's going to work though, Coxie. It didn't work this year, and I don't want it to work next year. <laughs>
1: This year it has to work. It
0: will work. <laughs> Actually, I'm I'm really I'm loving my current number. Uh, After it?
1: Number,
0: number of laps. Yeah, no, I'm I'm changing my tune. There you go. It's only taken what three minutes of a podcast with you, Coxie, and I'm changing my tune. I um, I, it's probably to do with my stage of life, or not my stage of life, my life situation. You know, um. But I I'm kind of I like my number. I'm a lot more confident than I was when I was twenty four. I've got a lot like, of money.
1: <laughs> yeah, well thank God for that, don't we all? But <laughs> I don't like my number. I like how I feel in some sense.
0: Oh, I wish I was twenty four so I could have an extra, you know, seventy years or something. But uh this is like stuff. Well, one hundred and twenty is probably achievable in the in the balance of my lifetime.
1: If we listen to the experts, we can achieve anything we wish. We just have to put our minds to it.
0: <laughs> uh, well, maybe I can outsource my death <laughs> to somebody else. By the time it comes around,
1: <laughs> have you foreseen it? Can you can you see it coming? Do you know when it's coming so you can outsource it?
0: No, I haven't got that level of uh, weird and wacky insight.
1: I don't know that I want. I don't to want know. it
0: either. <laughs> no. Don't want to know. I want it to be a surprise. I, I often tell my darling wife, she's not very pleased with when I tell her this, but I say, you know what? I just I want to be, you know, 92 years old or something random. Still riding my, probably an e-bike by that stage, I suspect. And, you know, just bombing along the trails somewhere on my mountain bike and just pop.
1: If you're still riding your mountain bike at 92, after all the crashes and injuries you've had already, and you're not crippled up with arthritis and sore and crotchety, I will eat my hat.
0: You better get some sauce for your hat, Coxie. As a
1: not not even 90-year-old, I will eat my hat <laughs> in my nursing home.
0: You, you might just be dribbling down your chin by then.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear.
0: Uh, well, we would have to outsource some stuff at that age, um, you know feeding all that sort of stuff it's not a very nice thought <laughs> well
1: that could be true but if we're lucky enough that we dropped dead in the paddock when we're riding our bike maybe we would not have had to have outsourced too much of our own personal care but if we were really smart we would have spent some great time as business owners outsourcing that's the worst Great,
0: great shot. <laughs> Sorry if we've triggered anybody or if I did. That wasn't Coxie's fault. Um picturing, jumped on
1: board pretty heavily.
0: Picturing a wrinkly old Woz dribbling on his shirt in a home somewhere. Um, we're talking about outsourcing today. We are. On the podcast. Finally, we're talking about <laughs> Couldn't pick that up. This is turning into one of those like, you know, Joe Rogan and some of those guys. There's seven minutes of sponsor shout outs and i love my blue blocker glasses or whatever it is at the start of the episode we're turning into one of them coxie
1: well i I promise i'm not smoking anything while i'm sitting here talking to you and there's only (laughs) water in my drink bottle so it's not going to go too bad at all
0: uh there's one podcast i listen to that literally it's like seven to nine minutes and i i get so tired of hearing all of that that I just skip straight through until I find where the interviews or the or the actual podcast starts, and I skip through all the ads. Uh, and I don't think that's the intent of the, um, the particular podcaster, and if they knew that, then maybe they'd shorten it up a bit. So I've just extended our dribble time, speaking of dribble. <laughs> uh, another, another 60 seconds, listeners. Sorry about that. Um, outsourcing in your trade business, it's a great way to get some of your time back.
1: It is. It's a uh, great way to leverage your time and make more money.
0: Yeah, because you can take the time that you got back and you can reinvest it into better things, Mm -hmm. which get you more cash flow, which get you more organization. I mean, crikey, you might even spend some more time with your family, uh, maybe riding your mountain bike, uh, perhaps looking through old people home brochures, if that's the stage of life you're at. I don't know. But you get some time to reinvest, Mm. uh, like reinvesting dividends if you've ever had shares or looked at your superannuation.
1: Don't look at your superannuation at the moment, just forewarning everyone. (laughs) Don't do that. And what I would like to say is if it's such a great, um, I'm going to say tool because it is a bit of a tool, if it's such a great opportunity, business opportunity to outsource, why do you think it's so darn hard?
0: Oh, gee, I feel like you're baiting me here, Coxie. Sorry, Um,
1: I'm not, I threw you under the bus a little bit.
0: Well, I think part of it is hard because as business owners, we don't like to let go of stuff. We don't. And I would say, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this, Coxie. I feel the most common driver of that clinging to tasks and things is fear. Mm-hmm. and And it's a fear that... It won't be done the way we want it done. Yep. And I'm going to come right out and say that I think that is a really crappy reason or excuse to make because really what that comes down to is we're not willing to put the work in or to accept responsibility for creating what are largely simple systems to allow someone else to do it almost as good as us anyway.
1: I think you're right and I think where it really really goes wrong is the extension upon um that fear and the task becomes part of our identity mm. and I think if we let go of that we're at risk of uh I see two types of people for some people we're at risk of exposure because maybe we weren't the best person to be doing that task and yet it's so closely aligned with my identity who am I if I don't uh actually perform that task the best that the company has or the best that the business has and then I have others that are just um they're just totally they need that control that control is really large for them it's really really hard for them to let go because in their head it's not possible and you've already language this it's not possible for anyone to do it as well as them and I'll call bullshit on both quite frankly and I also understand how challenging it can be, particularly to work through that identity piece. Um, I was fortunate enough to learn these lessons, I think, as you become a manager. And again, very fortunate to have external training on how to manage people as I made my transition through my early careers in corporate uh, pharmacy. So I have that benefit of being taught which meant one of those very first things they're teaching you is how to delegate and how to let go and et cetera, et cetera. Also, it wasn't my business because it, and so it became a great muscle that I was able to flex at any time long before I owned any of my own businesses. So I do think that I, again, speak from a pretty fortunate space and I can very much empathize and understand that whole identity piece and it being Um, threatening to you to think that somebody might actually be able to do it better than you when it's a big part of your identity to be a blog writer for example coming into our um, partnership blog writing was very big part of who I was and I don't write our blog posts anymore I don't write them anymore because I'm no longer the best person in the business to do so Um, I'm far better skilled at doing some other things in our business that are better for our business as a whole and we have other team members and other experts that can write the blog post for us but it doesn't mean that that wasn't challenging for me to give away because it was part of my identity I was Nicole the builder's wife the blog writer over 500 blog posts blah blah yada yada all that stuff really important to me at the time and so I had to do some work to allow that not to be important to me anymore. It didn't mean that I didn't value it still. It just wasn't part of my identity anymore. So I I understand that. That's, that's very challenging to work through. And it needs to be worked through if you want to make the progress that most of us want to. And that doesn't mean business growth necessarily. It doesn't mean that you need to uh, outsource to be able to employ 10 people. It might be that you need to outsource so that you don't have to do the paperwork at night time might be that you're outsourcing to get some support so that you are able to take a holiday while your business still goes on without you. Outsourcing can happen for many different reasons, for many different motivations, and I guarantee you hanging on to all of it with your claws is not going to get you what it is that you actually want.
0: I'm going to connect this up to our um, waffle at the start of the episode about... Mm -hmm old people's homes and end-of-life stuff we had uh, very um, help me with my words again Coxie uh, <laughs> so we, we had an amazing session with some of our high-level tradiepreneurs, um in their roundtable recently where we got them thinking about um, their lives I guess and Part of this whole looking back from our final days, and it's a common exercise that gets done in, you know, motivational workshops and coaching and all that sort of stuff, where, you know, what do we wish we'd done more of or what regrets might we have had about our life? And unless you're a crackpot, nobody is going to look back and wish they'd done more of their own bookkeeping or. Um, you know, dealt with more of their own invoices, or I don't know, posted more on their business social media accounts. Um, <laughs> it's not the stuff that our lives. Um, it's it's not the they're not the things that give meaning to our lives. There you go. I managed to get some words together, Coxie. I need to go back <laughs> onto drinking it's coffee. This is not working on. for me. Uh, <laughs> Maybe I should try some black mushrooms or something instead. (laughs) Um, And so if you think about this, listeners, what do you value most? What's going to matter most in your life? Yes, that's a big concept. And looking back from your final days when you're 97 or whatever the heck it ends up being, you'd think, well, I'd be more time with family. I wished I'd spent more time out in the bush or going to the opera or, you know, watching my kids play sports or whatever the heck it is or grandkids by then, that all feels a bit grandiose, feels Mm. a bit big and detached from what's happening this week in the office or on site and yet starting to outsource some of those simple things in your business and we're going to give you some tips on how to do that in a second, um, they lead you to outsourcing more and more so that your life actually becomes more full of the awesome stuff that brings that wonderful warm glow when you think about you know even us sort of uh joking about birthdays in our 20s and our teens you know i look back on my life now and i'm you know potentially about halfway through it um and i have the warm fuzzies when i think about some of the the things that have happened in my life but i can't remember all of the bloody reports that I wrote in my jobs that I had when I was a young bloke, it was boring as batshit that they're not the things that feature for me in my memories. So why would I fill my life up with that crap? Because I'm just going to be left feeling empty and, and miserable when I'm older. If that's been the majority of my time.
1: I've got a great practical example of this that I saw about five years ago and it made a huge shift and change to my life Um, and that was around birthdays actually to tie it right back and somebody that I follow religiously a good friend of mine said on I don't know some social media how they create their own festival of them every year for their birthday and at the time I thought god that's a bit arrogant isn't it and then I proceeded to watch birthday and how much she enjoyed it and it was everything that she wanted it to be there was time out with family and friends there were celebratory dinners there were um, breakfasts with really close girlfriends you know I know this sounds a little flippant and it was exactly what she wanted her birthday time to be and so when I actually decided to take that on board and create my own festival every year I had all of the things I wanted instead of leaving it in somebody else's hands And I feel like right now, what you're doing is you're letting, if you're not outsourcing, you're letting everybody else dictate to you through pressure and demand, how you're going to celebrate or use your, your business time. And if we start to outsource, we get some of that choice back. If we let go we get to have some of that time back so that we can do the things that we love doing in our business so we can focus on the activities that actually make us money so that we can you know be quoting within hours because somebody else is taking care of the bookwork rather than just leaving it all out there in the never which is what you're currently doing the other way to think about it is this is going from tradie to tradiepreneur tradies think about what's happening right here right now in this moment tradiepreneurs are looking at the long view so they're already doing that retrospective, looking back at how they want to live their life and they're living their life rather than getting stuck in the, um, the boringness and the sameness of just work, 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 work. So this is where you start to change that thinking so that you become a trade business owner instead of self-employed trading or trading. It's a big shift, but a necessary one.
0: And it's not, uh, it's not overly complex to do it. And uh... We're going to dive into some areas where you can make a start, I guess. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> we rabbit on about this one a fair bit, and I like to, to pinpoint this one given my finance background and stuff, and that's bookkeeping. Um, I'm still – it boggles my brain how many people still do their own bookkeeping. And I think a lot of people underestimate how easy it is to offload that and how cost-effective it can be to offload it, and they don't necessarily appreciate the benefits of offloading the bookkeeping function, or at least you know major parts of it. There might be some some aspects of it that you retain based on vagaries to do with your business. Um, but you, unless you actually trained as a bookkeeper, you shouldn't be doing your own books. One hundred percent. If, if you're not a plumber, you shouldn't be doing your own plumbing. If you're not an electrician, you shouldn't do your own electrical work, especially. So if you're not a bookkeeper, stop doing your own books. You're not a bookkeeper. I don't care how much you think you enjoy it or how much you tell me that you're good at it and it's an area of interest for you, I'm actually going to call bullshit on that as well because when you're 97, are you going to look back and feel really fond memories about all of the time you spent doing... Invoices. I want to swear, Coxie, I'm getting so fired up about this. Um, it's a waste of your freaking time. And this one, I, like I, I know I'm talking aggressively, and this is probably mostly speaking to the ladies who are listening because it tends to be tradie wives that do the bookkeeping. Um, mostly by default, based on my observation, I'm not saying that's that's right and true in all cases, but on observation of over 15 years of coaching, it's mostly just out of default. It's like, well... Someone's got to do it. So poor old wifey ends up getting lumped with it. And some ladies, uh, some tradie wives are actually bookkeepers. Do your own bookkeeping then if you want. If you're a qualified registered bookkeeper and you've trained as a bookkeeper, do it. That's cool. And I'd still challenge you on that because (laughs) there's probably better stuff that you could be doing with your time and I actually think it helps um, particularly where you're working together as partners to remove that function from uh, either one of you because it, it makes someone else responsible for having that done on time, having it done the right way and just removes another point of argument between partners who are working together. Um, if things aren't done on time or we don't have the right information or well I don't understand why you're doing it that way or well how come you can't show me this. Um, that just becomes another, another pinch point within the relationship. So bookkeeping is easy. It's cheap to offload it these days. Um, heck, we've got our own uh, affiliation with someone here at Tradies in Business that we offer for our tradiepreneurs to get it done. Um, it gets done right. And all you've got to do is actually come up with a bit of a system, which is not hard to do, uh, to be able to get someone else, entering invoices, doing reconciliations, all that sort of stuff, I still advocate for you to keep hold of your own bank accounts and do your own paying bills and everything. Um, We still do that here at Tradies in Business. Um, I don't have a problem with that. But the actual bookkeeping, you're not a bookkeeper. Stop doing it.
1: There's lots of other things you can outsource. Hmm. Uh, You can outsource some of your on-the-tools work to team or apprentices it's a novel idea,
0: isn't it? I thought I was being a bit confronting and and aggressive talking about bookkeeping, Coxie, and you're telling people to stop being on the tools.
1: I am. What? I, maybe you could actually take some time out during business hours to do some of those high value tasks that you can do as a business owner. But you don't have to be the only person on the tools. And the more people you have on the tools, the less you have to be on the tools. That doesn't mean that there's a magical number. Of course, every business is different. And if you love being on the tools, you're clearly good at it. It is okay to spend some time on the tools. If you want to be a trade business owner, you're going to have to take some time out of your toolie day and spend it on doing some of those on the business job. So please think about who you have on your team. Have you got the right people? Do they have the right skills to allow you to take that time out? Or are you, you know, working with three apprentices and no skilled trades people so you can't actually leave them on site anyway? Let's have a think about who's in your team and see if they're the right fit so that you can be taking that time out. But there are a bunches of other things you can be doing. Um, you don't have to answer your phone. Here's another one. Sorry, gents, I'm coming with another poke in the chest. You do not have to answer your phone. We've worked with so many business owners now who push back really hard when we first give them that information. But we get them eventually to a point where they're able to give their phone up Sometimes it means taking on a different phone number so you can be contactable by the people who need to contact you. I promise most of those people that are currently calling you many times every day don't need to be talking to you. There is somebody else on your team that can be taking those calls. They might not have all of the answers for the questions at the time. And there, again, is a small system that will need to be put in place. So there is a strategy around when there is a question that can't be answered, what happens next? But I'm telling you, for the sake of your arm answering that phone, for the sake of your team that you're working with, for the sake of your family, and most importantly, for the sake of your insanity, you do not need to be the person answering the phone. What else can we outsource? Social media. You don't need to do your own social media. It's fun for a little while. Then it gets boring <laughs> and really hard to think about what to do with it. It's one of the first things I was happy to give up, social media. To do it well and to stay abreast of the consistent change that the algorithms bring to all forms of social media, it's a full-time job. It really is. It's going to take a lot of time. You can do a rudimentary job on your own or you can outsource that to somebody else that has expertise in that area that you likely don't have. So please consider outsourcing your social media. What about uh, making bookings? or the project management. Again, they don't need to fall at the tradies' feet or even the tradie wives' feet. They can fall to somebody else. We can outsource that. We don't need to be doing that ourselves day in, day out. Somebody else, again, yes, you will need to create some systems. Version one of systems that the person you outsource to will start from and will change where necessary with you to create the best outcome for your business. Um, you can be outsourcing all of the booking. You can be outsourcing the follow-up, you can be outsourcing the invoice voice writing and the follow-up to the client to see whether they've paid the bill or not. Like all of that can be done by somebody else. It doesn't actually need to be done by you.
0: Payroll's another one. Oh, cracker. Uh, yes, you're still gonna log into your bank account and transfer the money. Um, but someone can literally deliver you the file. I mean, Crocky, plenty of banks. Uh, and accounting software systems will allow you to just upload the file. Yeah. Um, You don't even have to type the numbers in. So if you've got staff and you're doing your own timesheets and payroll processing and everything else, um, it's usually part of the bookkeeping function, but you can certainly outsource that as well. Um, And then there's just, I guess, that headspace that comes with (laughs) <laughs> I knew a, I knew a uh, trade business owner who used to service his own vehicles um, to save money. And mm. so you can outsource <laughs> the servicing of your vehicles. Uh, you can outsource even the management of your fleet. And it depends on the size of your business, of, of course, as some of you listening are p- potentially sole traders. Some of you will have lots of staff and bigger businesses. So, it's really horses for courses as to where you're at in your business. Um, you can outsource meal planning. You can outsource your shopping, uh, <laughs> your house cleaning, cleaning your child minding. The list goes on. It's only limited by, and some of you are probably, uh, you know, perhaps feeling a little bit of pushback on some of these things right now. It's only limited by your idea about the benefits of doing that. And as Coxie said at the start, I think a lot of this comes back to um, that identity thing. Mm. The, the unwillingness to outsource tasks or areas of your business or your life in general come from that whole clinging to who you think you are and what actually makes you valuable as a person. Mm. Your value as a person is not the things that you do. It's, it's how you are. It's how you relate to others, mm. which includes your kids, your loved ones, uh, you know, your customers, your staff, your communities. People will remember the sort of person you were much more than they'll remember the stuff that you did. You're not going to get people standing around at your funeral celebrating how well you cleaned your house. <laughs>
1: They damn well better be celebrating how clean my house was. <laughs>
0: we'll put
1: a lot of time and effort into that.
0: Exactly. <laughs> so just, just give it some thoughtlessness. Is that actually going to matter mm. if you did it yourself? Is that what you're going to be remembered for? Is that what actually determines your value as a person, as a business owner, as a community member mm. doing that thing? Or is it something else? Is it how much time you had to listen to a friend who was going through a tough time? Mm. Is it how you were able to go and volunteer with the floods and go and do some cleanup work Mm. and help some fellow humans in a world that appears to be very selfish these days? So I'll climb down off my soapbox now, uh, feeling a bit of remorse about my poor planning, Coxie, that... My festival of was has been two weeks on the road <laughs> Who else for a world tour, <laughs> hanging out with you and leaving Where's my wifey life? at home.
1: <laughs> Aren't you lucky?
0: <laughs> so um, with that, gang, we are on the road as this episode comes to you. Uh, we're hitting Newey and, uh, well, wow, crikey, where are we off actually to? we actually flying up after, after
1: that? that with Canberra and Brisbane. And
0: Hobart. Canberra, my birth town, Canberra, mm. and then up to Brizzy, see Coxie's uh, home patch, and a then we're heading all the way to the bottom of the earth,
1: to see your patch,
0: good old Hobart with the peak minute traffic,
1: but I, and we're going to have a lot of fun in Hobart,
0: we just yes. need people to come along and join us, there's some good stakes in Hobart, I'm looking forward to those. So yes, gang, we're on the road. Um, Come and see us as part of our Australian World Tour. We're running a bunch of live gigs. There's still some locations left um, to those of you who are in some of those future spots where we're hitting. Um, Come and get some free business training from us. Um, We will actually be talking a little bit about some of the outsourcing that you can do, Mm -hmm. Um, some tools that you can use to make this easier Mm -hmm. for you so you can spend More time, uh, you know, living a life and less time doing things.
1: Who wants to do things?
0: Do things. Well, I like mountain biking things.
1: Well, it depends on the things you want to do, I suppose.
0: I don't like bookkeeping things and social media things. No. Someone else can do those things. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening. Hooray. You've been listening to the Tradies in Business podcast with Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Find out more about today's guest, tools for your trade business and other cool
1: stuff at tradiesandbusiness.com.au.